tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. Hey, what's good, my beautiful people? It's your boy, Danny Royce. Welcome inside the Black Actors Studio. It's Thursday, We're about to make it happen here. I have an amazing guest visiting me in the studio, okay? You've seen him recently. You haven't even seen him, you've seen his work. Because this guy, you can't find him. You can find his work because it's life-changing. It's been there. You all know it. The Proud Family, uh, Bebe's Kids, Tarzan, Emperor's New Groove, the list goes on. He's an animator, director, and Disney exec. Oscar award-winning director for the short film, animated short film, excuse me, Hair Love. I'm so happy to have him in the studio. Please welcome the Black Actors Studio. Is very proud to have Bruce W. Smith. Yo, wow. <laughs> that's a up, crazy Bruce? intro. I, <laughs> it's very I, well deserved. Yo, man. I, yo, I hadn't even. I don't even stack my credits like that. That's crazy. <laughs> very well deserved. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. good. It's good yeah. to be here. Yeah, yes, yeah, thanks for having pleasure, me. Pleasure. Yes, of course. It's a pleasure to have you in the studio. Like I've mentioned before. You know, you have shaped my uh, childhood <laughs> in a lot of ways. And Translation, I I'm an old-ass <laughs> motherfucker. Well, okay. All right. Hey, but it's good, though. I just want to start off by congratulating you. Oscar Award for uh, Best Animated Short Film, Hair Love. Thank you, sir. Okay, amazing. Um, and just tell us a little bit about, like, how you felt when you found that out, when you, when you found it warrant. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, that was odd. I mean, I think, you know, you, I'd have to go back to when we actually sort of wrapped, like mm. like in terms of production. Okay. And myself, uh, Ever Downing, Junior, Matthew Cherry were sort of all kind of like scrambling to, to kind of get this short done. And, mm-hmm. um, man, it was it was such a road to, to get there because, you know, it's a short. Yeah. And we only had so much, you know, resources to get it done. and. And uh, but you know our our production staff was cracked, you know they they were just on top of it, you know. Big shout out to uh, Karen Rupert Tolliver, Stacy Newton, Monica hey. Young. I mean, you know, we all sort of like galvanized ourselves to make sure that we got to the finish line right. on time. Yeah, you know, to to get in front of this movie Angry Birds. That was the goal. So mm. if we that was our only real shot to kind of make sure that we wrapped in time to get in front of that movie because that qualified us for the Oscar run. Gotcha. And we felt pretty good about the movie. We felt pretty good about what we had done, for sure. Um, uh, there's so many techniques that we were using, you know, just there's certain authenticity we were trying to carry with the hair. Yeah. Both characters. Yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, even if you look at the character design, I had to jump into the character design and make sure that those designs were, were animation friendly, that they mm-hmm. could actually go through um, uh, production the right way. You know, big shout out to Vashti Harrison, whose book she illustrated, Hair Love, was kind of like the, 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 the visual foundation mm-hmm. for, uh, for what we had to accomplish. So, so once we got it done and we started getting some early feedback, you know, got people feeling it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that felt pretty good, but still, you know, it's like yeah. you kind of don't know, you know what I mean? And, and you know, what's funny is when, you know, in animation we have these awards called the Annie Awards, mm-hmm. which is sort of the equivalent to the Academy Awards. It's just an animation. Right. So you got all the car- categories broken down the way they break them down in the Academy Awards. Uh, but what's interesting, when it came down to nominating the shorts, 
like our short wasn't nominated for an Annie Award. Mm. So we were kind of like, oh, you know, okay, so then let's just figure that we did some really good work we could be proud of and not necessarily try to anticipate anything other than this. I, we're thinking that the industry spoke. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, So, uh, and so then, you know, I mean, once the movie got released on YouTube, we just started getting all this love. And so now the movie is now sitting you know, in the zeitgeist, and it's like all the people are watching is all the people giving this love, especially our people, yeah, because sure. we don't see ourselves in this sort of light, mm-hmm. you know, from an animation standpoint, in this medium, in this way. Yeah. Uh, Tinder story, yeah. you know, executed well. So people were genuinely responding to it, and I think that that started to bring some real eyeballs to it. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and the people who matter in the Academy were watching this. I'm a member of the Academy, but I can only rally so many people. Right. <laughs> But the fact that you had all these other people in the Academy really sort of watching it and rallying around it, it became sort of a, a talking point mm-hmm. suddenly, right at the right time. And yeah. as the season sort of progressed, our film kind of was sort of like taking that same sort of progression. And then the, the morning that they announced the uh, the nominees, you know, we're all sort of like we're gathered over at Matthew's house and, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, I don't know, we don't know what to expect, you know. And certainly when the nomination came, we felt pretty good, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about That's our chances, awesome. but still, man, it's like I'm just a dude from South Central. It's like <laughs> L.A. It's like you don't think of this. You right. know, it's when I first started doing animation, getting an Academy Award was kind of wasn't the goal. Okay. Really, yeah. you just want to do good work right. and just be just be remembered for the work that you've done and just get good as an yeah. animator. Just get as good as you can possibly be. So. So obviously that night was just weird altogether. Yeah. I try to s- describe it to people. It was like it was weird. It was cool. It was odd, <laughs> you know. And then it's all these feelings. Really, yeah, it's all these feelings kind of like all bunched together. Right. And then, then when they announced, you know, the the film, and you just kind of go crazy. And so uh, that was it. Was it was a strange night, man? Wow. For sure, strange that's, and cool. That's incredible. Uh, well, we'll get more into hair love and animation later on in the show. But in the beginning, we always. Start uh, in the studio in the beginning. So, where were you born? Oh, man. So, <clears throat> as I mentioned, I was born in South Central yes. Los Angeles. Hey. Uh, you know LA what I mean? Native. LA native. LA <laughs> native. Like, it's rare that you that you yeah. meet guys like But they're that. always amazing. Like, I have some uh, LA native friends, and they're just oh, yeah. like, they're amazing people. Yeah, people, <laughs> people grounded here kind of know, you know, you know these streets. So, right. it's like, it, it allows you to kind of know what to expect when you're out here. Mm-hmm. Even with all the transplants, yeah. you know, it still is, you know, you, you kind of know everything in these streets right so uh, um, that actually actually helped me as I moved along because like I've been drawing since I was like just picked up a pencil like me I was five years old or something like so that crazy. right That's I actually amazing. remember the first thing I actually did was my brother had a lunch pail it's like a Batman lunch pail. And like these lunch pails, if you know anything, you're probably a little too young to you know about lunch pails. We used to take our I lunch in this you. little metal tin. Yeah, my mom still has hers. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, then they had like, the tin had like a raising of an illustration. So there'd be an illustration on, mm-hmm. on the front tin, but it would be raised off of the off of the uh, lunchbox, the lunchbox itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for example, what I would do is like put a piece of paper over it mm-hmm. and just scrape on it with my pencil. Mm-hmm. And I'd get exactly what was on the illustrated lunch pail on a piece of paper. Right. And I'd be like, oh, that was cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I would start doing that, and then I moved away from doing that and just start drawing it, you know? Yeah. And weirdly, it's Batman. Uh-huh. And so, you know, it was like, <laughs> I remember wearing Batman t-shirt. Like, all these pictures I would see of myself as a child, 
I'd be wearing this Batman T-shirt, wow. whatever it was. Be like you know, bat the '60s Batman. So yeah. the '60s Batman was just a whole different, different. game altogether. Different. <laughs> Very different. So I always wear a '60s Batman shirt and short pants, and always have sort of this little dish rag tied around my, mm. you know, tied around my neck, running around Batman, right. Batman all the time, right? Wow. <laughs> so I used to draw all the time and and stuff like that, and uh, uh, and you know, it's like. But never really had a real true outlet for it. Mm-hmm. So as I started to go through school, um, all of my teachers just noticed I used to draw all the time. I used to draw between the books and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, assignments, homework assignments. There would always be little drawings and dribblings of things. Right. And I guess they took notice of it. Now, I was just kind of like, I like doing it. It's just kind of a release. It's kind of fun. But they would set me aside. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, you know, when all of a sudden there's a pop quiz. In fourth grade is a pop quiz. And it'd be like... Kids are like, oh man, dang! It's like, but Bruce, I want you to go and do this poster for us for the uh, dental association. And I'm like, oh snap! Wow! I was like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. So art gets me out of drawing, or, or <laughs> the, the, the art quizzes. gets me out of pop quizzes right, and stuff right. like that. I'm like, okay, I can use this, right? That's so amazing. then I just started continuing to draw, and and each teacher I went to from third to the sixth grade always found assignments for me to do, mm. you know, whatever it would be. That's amazing. And so, uh, and I used to give little drawings to my classmates. They used to like the stuff, but I kind of discarded. I just got okay, I can do it, and mm-hmm. it's fine, you know. Um, but I just knew I just really loved doing it. Right. And it wasn't until like maybe uh, my fourth grade teacher had found an art school in Hollywood, mm. and in that art school they actually had an animation program. Wow. And uh, I remember it was taught by this woman who worked on a lot of animated commercials at the time. And she's kind of set us up from on a basic, you know, sort of pencil to the pegboards. Here's your drawings. You you draw one drawing and you do the progression of if you're making a character walk across the screen, he, you know, you put the foot out, put the walk, 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 walk. Mm-hmm. And now we'll shoot the drawings and then you'll see them next week. Right. And that's kind of where it first was. Like I nice. saw these drawings move. They moved horribly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. it was horrible stuff. But to me, it was like, wow, I actually made a drawing actually move. Actually made some, yeah. You know, and, uh, and from there I just got bitten. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. When I when I was younger, we do like the stick figures, yep. do the books, and Did then that. make a motion thing. <laughs> yeah, Did that too. Oh that. man, yeah, my mom. She uh, like she used to like. Ago, yeah. She had like a in our hallway at home. She had a tablet that mm-hmm. you know she'd go to work during the daytime, and we were left at home, locked in the house, don't go nowhere. Yeah, take messages that people call. Right. Right. So on that message pad, I did exactly that. Mm-hmm. I just drew on each page, drew on each page. My mom would come home. She'd be like. This boy didn't drew up all my messages. <laughs> now I don't know who the hell called me. <laughs> Got to get this boy a drawing pad or something. So yeah, she used to, you know, That's she used awesome. to really get on me a couple of times. I did some weird stuff when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm sure. Like I, I, yeah, man, I did this thing where there was a show called Winky Dink. I, see, Winky I'm, Dink. I'm way too old. <laughs> Way too old for you right now, but I'm just going to drop this. That one went. Yeah, it went. <laughs> so the idea of it was it was kind of like the first kind of interactive kid show, so to mm. speak. So It's like Blue's Clues. K- kind of like Blue's Clues, my, my except knowledge. they would encourage you to participate. Like Blue's Clues, they encourage you to read. Yeah. In this case here, they encourage you to like, you know, if Winky Dink gets into any kind of crisis, you save Winky Dink, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah. in other words... Winky Dink is being chased on a bridge. Now the bridge, there's no way to get to the other side of the mountain. Mm. So you have to draw a bridge, kids. <laughs> draw a bridge, and Winky Dink will run across that bridge that you draw on the TV screen and get to the other side. I'm mm. like, okay, let me help Winky Dink out. So sure enough, <laughs> he gets this bridge. That's across the bridge. So I break out this marker that I had and just drew right on the TV. Oh, my God. <laughs> Got Winky Dink across the bridge. Exactly, right? <laughs> 
So it's like, yeah, he got across the bridge. It was great. TV show over. That damn bridge is still on the screen, right? I'm like, now I got to scrub this damn bridge off the screen for my daddy to get home. Yeah, right. So I scrubbed this down as much as I could. But no, nah, man, when my dad came home and saw the mod squad, tried to reach the mod squad, and there's a big bridge over Link's afro. It's like, who drew this damn bridge? You know, but I, what I did know is that there was a winky ding drawing kit that you're supposed to let you know you put the body kit, lay the thing oh, over, the, over screen, the screen, gotcha. and you draw on the winky ding kit. That now, is so nobody crazy. would buy me no winky ding kit. <laughs> that name so, is just yeah. Hilarious. Oh man, that was crazy. <laughs> Speaking of names, did you have any nicknames growing up? So, <laughs> not really. But like as I got older, so my name mm-hmm. is Bruce Wayne Smith. Mm-hmm. Ah, wow. So, we were playing football in the street, I was Batman. Yeah, so, so the whole Batman prophecy kind of yeah. came full circle at that That's point. That's so crazy. And yeah. then you're not really with DC. You're with no, not at all. <laughs> That's crazy. Not at all. How it just came around. No. <laughs> um, so, how was the, the family dynamic? It seemed like you had a family that supported this uh, this dream and this creative yeah. of you. Did you have, how many siblings did you have? Oh, man. I've got like uh, one, two, three older brothers. I'm in the middle, and I got a younger brother and a younger sister. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big family. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm the one in the middle. So, you know, it's like I, my mom was really big on trying to find an outlet for mm-hmm. what I was trying to do because she didn't know what. <laughs> I don't know where what to do this with this could child. Go. Yeah, I mean, I had to figure out where it could go. Yeah, you know, yeah. she just knew that. Uh, and, you know, as I got through high school, I did it, but I wasn't necessarily trying to draw a whole lot of attention to it. Like, you know, I started to play sports and stuff like that. And, but I used to draw for guys Letterman's jackets and stuff. You know, all my boys drawing their mm. their nicknames and all their sort of logos and stuff. I used to do all that stuff to high school. I used to, you know, I was on the journalism um, committee, so I okay. would draw for the the yearbooks and stuff like that. But nothing like nothing great. I wasn't voted most artistic uh, a, in my high school. You know what I mean? So uh, it wasn't okay. like it was just kind of kind of on the low. People who knew knew, right? You know, and and, and there was and there was one dude who was way better than me in high school. Like yeah. I used to envy him a bunch. Of stuff. <laughs> what was his name? Levi. What was dude's name? Levi. He used to draw. So when I grew up, Parliament Funkadelic was mm. like yeah, probably, shit. Yeah. So. Of and their album covers was the bomb. Like, you know, and we used to go, every time they had an album, I used to go rush to the store and see what was on it. Those album you know covers what I mean? Those album crazy. covers were crazy. <laughs> right. So, uh, and, and I remember that Alka Boogie album cover was everything to me, like, mm. as a kid growing up. Like, that cover answered everything about how to draw black characters in a very sketchy way, still cut, but loose, fun, you feel the personality of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, so just hold that beat for a second. So fast forward, I finally meet my man Overton Lloyd, who actually did those covers. Man, I'm on this brother. Wow. Like this dude, like I'm like in all of his presence. I know every time I mention that to him, he's like, "Man, shut up, man, <laughs> stop, man you the bond." We just go over there, and go, no, you the shit, no, you the <laughs> you shit, right. no, you the. like, like we just go back and forth with that because Overton like influenced me. Period. Like when I started mm-hmm. really research all the stuff that he done, all the the he did these great characters for the show uh, Win, Lose, or Draw, mm. and he used to draw right there on the TV show. He could just draw with. I could, I was never good at that. Wow. And he used to knock that out. Overton was was and still is the bomb. Like finding stuff online. He's he's an incredible artist. He still hangs around. He's the guy who, if you ever see a George Clinton concert, he's the guy who's holding the sign, oh, walking okay. around because he draws all the signs yeah, okay. and stuff like that. That's you know, no yeah. oh, man, his art is off the chain. And that was the first time I saw somebody draw black people right. that actually could resonate to me. Like we were working on us. Uh, 
this video a long time ago for the Gap Band, and he was designing all these characters for the Gap Band, and the way he could draw Charlie Wilson, the way he could draw Bootsy Collins, the way he could draw George Clinton, like, I can't do that, yeah. you know? And But it continued to, like, you know, keep my juices flowing. Right. Like, Motivate you. Good. Inspiring, yeah. there's, there's another dude who draws black characters the way I like to see him. Right. You know right. what I mean? And uh, that was a big deal to me. So, so, so now going back to that time where I, I saw that, it just continued to kind of like inject me as a kid mm -hmm. with like, I got to do this. I got to do this because this dude is doing it. I can do this. Right. 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 So, uh, of course. So, yeah, through high school, man, and right around the time I was graduating, my mom was asking me, what you going to do? And I think I want to do this cartoon thing. And she's like, this boy going to be a starving artist. Yeah. He's going to do that, yeah. ain't he? And uh, then I had to find the school in Valencia, which just so happens to be the animation mecca. Mm. And it's called California Institute of the Arts. And they have an animation program that Walt Disney himself founded, you mm. know, back in Chicago. It's called Chenard's. Chicago? Yeah, man. <laughs> and then they brought it out here in Valencia, California. And, like, you find that all the legends, you know, anybody who's everybody in animation at that time had attended that school. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, so you went out, you went there right out, right out to right high school. Right out of high you, school. This is what you were going to do. Yeah. You were going to focus on that. Were you, what were some of the challenges you faced, like, when you first got into there and, you you know, running with the big dogs and all right. that stuff? Yeah. Well, you know, I remember that was the first time I really realized that I ain't shit. <laughs> like, 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 that really was the first time where I was like, ooh, man, you got to step your game up yeah. because these dudes right. you know I mean like when I went to school guys were like you know who went on to direct movies like Lion King and How to Train Your Dragon mm -hmm. Tarzan you know Emperor's New Groove mm -hmm. you mentioned um, these directors were like my classmates mm -hmm. so but they were already steps ahead of the game because they already had relationships with a lot of the Disney artists who were there at the time and we're talking about guys who go back to the original like that guy was art director on, you mm. know, Sleeping Beauty. Mm. This guy was supervising animator on Peter Pan. This guy directed those shorts, you know, the goofy shorts, the how-to yeah. shorts and the Donald Duck shorts. Like, these guys are like our teachers and, in most cases, mentors to right. some of the art. Right. I don't know that. You know, I'm just coming. I don't know who's who. Yeah. I had no. It's like stepping into the NBA and not knowing who Will Chamberlain was mm -hmm. or whatever or who Michael Jordan is. Yeah. You know, it's like and literally having Michael Jordan come speak to you. And you're like, who's this old <laughs> like, crusty this? black dude <laughs> talking about, you know, whatever you're talking about. Like, like, that's the type of respect that I had back right. then. Right, right. And it wasn't until uh, this book that came out called The Disney Illusion Life, which is basically our Bible. Like, it's our sort of like who did what, when, what they were responsible for. Because sometimes people think animation, they just think one monolithic thing. Right. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. it's just, you're an animator, people don't equate to the animator being like the actor. Right. Right? Yeah. You know, the background artist being like a set designer. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a storyboard artist, in lots of ways, is like your, your, your director, he is your director, he is your director of photography. You know right. what I mean? He's he's watching all things as a right. so, as a storyboard artist. And um, you mentioned that uh, in uh, one of your uh, past interviews that you know the animators are actors with a pencil. Yeah. And uh, can you elaborate on like what you mean by that? It's exactly what it is. It's like animation, at just alone, th that discipline, you are truly an actor. Mm -hmm. um, and so, for example, you know some of my favorite films. Uh, it's the performances that resonate. Sometimes the films aren't so great, right? But the performances really resonate with you, mm -hmm. right? So, so that's how I found out who my favorite 
animator was, you know. Mm. Um, because I look at all these films, I'm like, damn, that character's... Look how the nuances of the character. Like he's not like this character. Hand drawn has hand drawn animation has this specificity to it yeah. where you can always point out who did what because right. they would assign, you know, the animation that way. Mm-hmm. So you know, you take okay, oh, you be Captain Hook. You're Peter Pan. You know, you're Wendy. You know, you're the dog. Mm-hmm. You know, you're the parents. Like they would assign all the animators right. these roles. Right. So when you look at the movie from that standpoint, you get to dissect it and you start to understand and study performances. So you gotcha. gravitate to certain characters. Gotcha. For me, growing up, it's like I gravitated to Captain Hook. I was like, ah, it's amazing. Performance, funny. You know, you feel it. It's dangerous. It's mm-hmm. all those things that you need from a villain. Who did that? You find <laughs> out it was mainly this guy, Frank Thomas, split, split between a few other animators, but really him. Right. Then I'm like, okay, that dude's bum. I gotta, now I got to study this guy's stuff. But who is this guy who did this movie? You know, who's the guy who did Medusa, Madame Medusa and like Rescuers, which is mm-hmm. not a great movie, but the performance of this character, this woman who's like, you know, got a big gun and she's shooting people and she's driving yeah. cars and she's doing all great performances. She's villainous. She's and and it's like that performance is the best performance I've probably seen, you know, in an anime in a hand drawn animated film. Like who is this? That's Milt Call. So mm-hmm. I discover that okay, Milt Call is like my Michael Jordan. Like, uh, like okay. he is that okay. dude for me, okay. right? Met never met him. But he was the crusty guy who I saw when I was a freshman in college, and I'm like, and he's giving us a lecture. I'm like, man, I'm out of here. I'm done. You know, I'm not <laughs> I didn't know who he was. If I'd have known, you know, the older version of me would have slapped me and said, "Sit your ass down <laughs> and listen to what this brother got to say." So, uh, so it was finding out that and understanding the legacy of these guys' work. You start to now understand how to shape your toolkit mm. as an animator. So. Um, and and part of it is your draftsmanship capabilities, how well you can draw. Mm-hmm. So I had to shape that up because, you know, I remember like we started school like in September. By the last part of October my, of that, you know, like a, the next month, yeah. My uh, life drawing teacher told me, you know what, you ain't getting this at all, and uh-huh. you either gonna decide right now, you gonna get this, or you gonna go home. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like that sort of old man conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I just got here, like I'm not getting this, and he's telling me, and I'm not gonna have a career doing this. I didn't just hunker down and figure out how to work this out. And I started to realize the trick to my drawing skills came from moving characters around not from just drawing something static mm, okay. like drawing something static didn't resonate to me right once i moved it around i started to understand parts and stuff and how to move parts and mm-hmm. the, you know the bigger word is kinesiology yeah and anatomy and kinesiology and understanding how movement and yeah. stuff like that works with and so i started to really understand that so i do that by i was watching live action so yeah, you take course. some of your favorite films and you start to stop framing these films and stepping through them wow. and understanding how animators, how actors, real life actors, make acting choices based on what's there. Right. You know, yeah. if they're formulating a thought to attack somebody, stop frame it, watch it, see how they formulate the thought, and see what happens next. Mm. You know, see what the choices make. Because the choice is never the same from a live action standpoint. Right. From an animation standpoint, a lot of times guys would limit it so that the choices will always be the same. Right. So it stagnates your performance. Gotcha. So you always had to sort of think a little bit differently out the box. You had to think like a, a real actor, a live actor, and, and use that application in animation. So once I started formulating all that in my head, I'm like, okay, I get this shit now. I get it. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I, I can get this. I can do this. Awesome. So, uh, so I started drawing just like that. I just started drawing performances as opposed to just drawing things. Right. Um, and uh, and it made a difference. So I started really studying after that, studying some of my favorite actors mm-hmm. in that sense. So, Which are? Oh, man. <laughs> so 
Richard Pryor, for one, yeah. like just seeing him kind of even in his stand-up, just watch how he sort of gives you. Like, there's a great in in, in his first movie uh, was Alive on Sunset Strip. He does the whole thing with with him being a forest with a bear, and, uh, and yeah. it's like, <laughs> dude, I wanted to animate that. Like, I wanted to animate that, but, they, but I knew I would kill it. I like I. Not kill it. I would like it would be horrible. Right, I'm saying right, right. I wasn't ready for that yeah, yet. Yeah. It was just too next level. But I could see it in my head <laughs> how he's how he's playing those moments out. It was just hilarious. And so uh, <laughs> so Richard Pryor is always great at sort of setting the table. But like man, I gravitated towards actors like Jack Lemmon is one of my favorite actors. Okay, of all time. Like one of my favorite films is like The Great Race. He mm-hmm. plays his character Professor Fate, mm-hmm. and it's such a great a from great an animation standpoint, such a great performance. If you can just look at him and you can see. How he he plays two characters in the movie, yeah. So and both characters are really different, uh, and it's just it's fun. He reminds me of a cartoon, you know, mm-hmm. when when he's moving around the 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 entire movie. Jim Carrey's like that too. Yeah, Jim Carrey. Oh man, man. Jim Carrey's amazing, man. He's like Crazy. a moving he's animated. An animator. <laughs> yeah, he's completely. He's I a... get I get so much joy from like just step framing through his performance, a slow mowing yeah. his performances. Crazy. And uh, <laughs> he, he's amazing. I like. Yeah, I yes. gravitate towards actors who really kind of give this sort of elastic, real performance. Mm-hmm. I love George Clooney because he has these real subtle kind of like very um, subtle, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. very subtle thought things that mm-hmm. he does. And then he get, and when he's doing comedy, he, he drops into really great expressions and uh, has a very funny walk sometimes. When when he's uh, walk cycles are funny to me. I always walk, watch people walk. Uh-huh. Richard Pryor is a great walk at the end of uh, <laughs> Which Way Is Up? I think it is, yeah. where he's just walking down the middle of the road. And he has this really crazy, joyous walk, <laughs> hysterical. I, I study things like this all the yeah. time. So, so it's such an interesting, uh, you know, different perspective. Yeah. you know, to to see. Um, and, but I want to say thank you again for joining me oh, uh, yes. in the studio. Uh, and also, before we get into your credits, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you're watching, be sure to hit like. Uh, go ahead and comment down at the bottom if you have any questions for Bruce or myself. And also, a shout-out to Kevin Undergaro and Maria Menounos for allowing me to bring in these amazing guests uh, every week for you to share their stories with you and uh, how they got to where they are. And thank you so much. And also, if you want to check out whole season one of Inside the Black Actors Studio, be sure to visit uh, on theonchannel.com. That's www.theonchannel.com. You can stream the entire first season there. And we are back with Bruce. Yep. Um, so when you first started, I, I'm, you know, I'm sure there weren't a lot of people of color, animated black animators out there. Uh, and then you even said that the guy had the conversation with you that you needed to either go home or get it together. Um, how did that motivate you and inspire you to, to push forward because you didn't see many people like you doing what you no. were doing? Yeah. Well, A, it comes from not having a plan B. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, this is it. You know, yeah. I spent a lot of money here and um, I don't think nobody can afford it. So, <laughs> you know, I got to be able to, to make this option work. And right. yeah, you're right. You know, it's like, it's so funny because when I was at school, the year that I was a freshman was the year that they let the most black people into the program. Mm. So it was myself and three other black three other black dudes, right? And we all ended up rooming together, which was, you know, yeah, yeah listen, we brothers. So we like, you right. know, started <laughs> and I like, what's up, man? Like, you way over there. You in the school, too? Yeah. Like, all right, well, we need to get together. Like that thing, you know? Right. And so, uh, and so, yeah, we kind of, it was good to have other black dudes there so we can share our experiences. I mean, like, one is from Cleveland, one from Chicago, the other's from New York. So we kind of represented, you know, a nice sort of, like, 
part of the the nation where we had different experiences, but the same. Right. So, um, and uh, and so we gleaned off of each other, kind of leaned on each other. Lots of times, artistically, we were all in different artistic spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one could do more than the other. You know, one knew more than this, one knew more. So we tried to plug, you know, in and say, okay, you know this, I can help you with that. Mm-hmm. You know that. You know this part, so I can help you with this, or he can help me with that. Right. So we kind of plugged in like that. Uh, but we did have an instance where it was so funny because, you know, we had a class of about, you know, maybe 35 artists in our, you know, uh, in our freshman class, four, four of us black. And I remember uh, the teacher came to us once because we all kind of roomed in the same area. You okay. know, we all had different sort of studio spaces, so to speak. And we all roomed in the same area. And I remember our teacher coming up to us saying, uh, yeah, you know, I need to talk to you guys. You know, white guy, old white dude from back from Disney days and stuff. He says, uh, yeah, you four, yeah, you guys need to break this up. Like, <laughs> like you need to go, you know, mingle amongst, you know. And yeah. we were like, <laughs> I'm like, well, how come you're not asking him to come mingle with right, us? Like, right, like, right. what are you saying yeah. exactly? So once we flipped the script on him, he's like, all right. <laughs> But I'm watching you guys. You know, I was like, fuck, are you watching them too? <laughs> right. Like, like, what is that about? Oh, my God. So, you know, it's like the the, the episode. It, listen, we were rare in this business. Yeah. There wasn't anybody that we could look at at the time. We were saying, that's a black dude. We need to call him up and yeah, yeah. and go kind of like find out what is the formula in this. Now, the beauty in animation is that that aside, it's all artistically based. Like, mm-hmm. Like your level of how you can raise yourself in this game is all based on your skill set. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen assholes raise up in this, you know what I mean, yeah, in this yeah. business and actually make something of themselves, but they're still assholes. Yeah. But it's like, I, and I know as black folks, we can't necessarily afford that. You know, we can't afford that accommodation of being no. like, it's not a luxury we can actually have. Yeah. So we can only rely on our skill set. Right. So, so I knew that right away. It's like, don't matter. It's like, they respect me for what I actually can actually do. Right. All the respect that I'm getting from all my classmates is based on what I can do, not based on how funny I am or how whatever. It's at the end of the day, it's like Bruce can do this, you right. know. Rob can do this, Chris can do this, and we all gravitated to that. So mm-hmm. it wasn't sort of a racial divide amongst us as classmates, just the teachers, you know, right. the old school. Of course, yeah. So, sure. um, so once that was put to bed, and I knew I can walk to Rob Minkoff and say, "Hey, man, help me with the shot," and he would help me with the shot, mm-hmm. you know, openly, willingly. Give up his, you know, what he knows from a skill set standpoint. It's like, oh, man, that's cool. Like, look how you drew that. Look how you moved that around. He'd be like, yeah, man, so this is what you need to do, X, X, Y, and Mm -hmm. Z. That was welcome. And so that didn't exist. You know what I mean? Um, So, and But the weird thing about it is that that whole sort of colorblind thing actually sort of lends itself to my films because I feel like when I look back on my films, I mean, it was like it was my responsibility to put some black characters on Mm -hmm. the screen, and I didn't. Mm -hmm. Like, like it it wasn't like it was... A conscious choice. It was just I was just in the moment of trying to understand this craft yeah. and not aware of the responsibility of the craft. Right. Which is fine. It right. was important for me to know that what I needed to understand then. And now I can step back and recognize, ah, dude. Yeah. These for characters sure. could have easily been black. You oh, know what yeah, I mean? It's course. like yeah. but I just didn't have that then. Right. And as I stepped into the business, that's when I started to regret it because I knew I was just going to be working on all these projects that mm-hmm. just really didn't have the flavor of stuff that I really wanted to right. do. Well, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to get into, speaking of flavor, Bebe's Kids, okay? Um, how did that come about? <laughs> I mean, I know uh, Reggie with the, you know, stand-up, Baby's Kids, you know, was always a, a bit, right? Right. But 
whose idea was it to turn it into an animation? You said it was they were thinking about TV show, then it came film. And so, so the the initial idea obviously was Robin Harris, a comedian yeah. who passed. Yeah. Um, oh, sort wow. of like set the standard for, you know, what we knew as like uh, uh, black comedy. You know, in like the nineties. Mm -hmm. You know, um, House sort party, of was in front think. of the explode. Yeah, in front <laughs> of that explosion. And when Reggie found him, put him in house party. Reggie Hudlin. Uh, and Warrington Hudlin, Hudlin Brothers found him, put him in house party. I mean, that was just an amazing yeah. performance, <laughs> so and we hadn't seen that, and and it resonated with so many people. Uh -huh. And uh, Robin Harris was on his way to a stellar career. Uh, and so what happened was, um, uh, they were the Hudlin Brothers were shaping that whole Baby's Kids thing as as either live action movie, a live action TV show, one or the other, right? But they were expanding into that space. And then uh, Robin Harris passed away suddenly, yeah. and unexpectedly. Yeah. And so um, the Hudlin brothers really still wanted to do this. They felt like if we can do this in animation, we can find the right talent to galvanize around it. We can actually do something that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So, But to their surprise, as they walked around to different studios, no one knew Robin Harris, mm -hmm. and no one knew the material. Not until they landed at Hyperion, where I was working on this project, uh, called Rover Dangerfield. That was sequence directing, and uh, and they brought it in, and that was the first time he saw a brother in a studio, mm. and a brother in sort of a significant role. Right, you know, like animation at the time was sort of represented to like maybe I don't, I'm being generous by saying three to five percent people mm. of color. Yeah, you know, and then you got to dissect, break down that three to five percent of people who actually can do something. Right, you know, what I mean, <laughs> you know, actually yeah. has the ability to sort of like take something Create and make something, something happen. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so slim pickings, man. And right. so when I met Reggie, it was like, you know this material? Like, yeah, Robin Harris, man. I'm from L.A. He played at the uh, that comedy club right there on Vernon and Crenshaw, whatever, right? Comedy, comedy Act Theater. Mm -hmm. They were like, okay, he knows this material. Like, <laughs> he know. So let's try to shape this together. So that's kind of where the thing started. So, so we started shaping. I started like, you know, listening to routine. I'm starting designing stuff. This is great because I'm in black folk world, right? right? Like. <laughs> and I got, you know, sort of the protection of the Hudlin brothers who just yeah. coming off a house party. Yeah. We're going to make this blackity black, right? <laughs> so, you know, blackity we're thinking, blackity. you know? And yeah. so uh, and so, so we're designing, and I'm thinking the whole time that we're a TV show. We're, we're designing for a TV series. And um, which I was, so I was designing it as a TV series. You know, it's mm -hmm. like there's certain ways that you have to sort of create stuff so it can actually move through production a certain way. Right. So I was designing the whole thing, designing characters as... Got some guys help world building and stuff like that, and so they had a Paramount at that time was a tar uh, Brandon Tartikoff, and he was walking through the studio finding projects to make. You know, Paramount's getting their feet in the game of feature animation, and so they saw some things around the room, and then they, he saw Baby's Kids, and he was like, well, "What is this?" And then we kind of did like you know the elevator pitch, and uh, he was like, "Well, let's make this you know the movie." And we were all sort of like aghast, mm -hmm. you know. Um, because it just didn't seem like, you know, you're talking about who's in this who's in this arena of movies right now. Well, it's Disney. Yeah. Then I think maybe Don Bluth was doing some stuff, and then there was lots of soft fairy tale stuff. Right. So, and this is baby, it's kind of hardcore. Hardcore. What yeah. is this material exactly? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Reggie, Reggie wrote it uh, as sort of PG-13, you know, uh -huh. material. Okay, we'll just we'll just make it and figure out where it lands. Um, and so the most interesting thing about working on Bebe's Kids was uh, how a lot of artists didn't understand it. Now, I never really had, if I'm working at a studio, I never had the luxury of like, hey, you know, I don't really want to work on that project because it, 
yeah, maybe it's a little too scary white for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's not just white, it's scary white. <laughs> like, let me back away from this. Right. Like, you wouldn't hear that out of my yeah. mouth. Like, what's scary white? What is that exactly, right? I'm working on projects. I just want to craft. Yeah, I want to work on something that's cool. Work on my skills. I want to work. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to get paid. Right. So, so I had artists, and mind you, these were artists who were just kind of middling artists anyway. Mm-hmm. But even the fact that they were middling artists, there was better artists who got it, understood it, worked on the project, and it was great. But the middling artists were like, I don't know what this project is, and I don't know if I want to work on this because I think those kids are throwing up gang signs, <laughs> and I don't know these characters. It's kind of crazy, so I'm backing out of this project. Like, and I'm hearing this from you know one of the producers saying, yeah. yeah, you know, so and so is working on a project now. He's not. I'm like, well, why not? Yeah, because he thinks, well, you think he's going to get jumped at night? <laughs> like, he thinks he'll walk out of the studio here and somebody goes, hey, you working on that baby's kid? Right. You know, pop, pop. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, it's not that. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. not that at all. So, uh, so, but I never thought that artists would actually sort of think of it that way. Yeah. Right? Like, they actually had that choice. So, so you had people who just didn't quite understand the material. Right. Which I mean, sure, the audience, some audience, and then yeah. either. But uh, right. I mean, it's such a classic. It's it's <laughs> it, it speaks in a different a lane. It just speaks it's, specifically to us, right? Exactly. So uh, so that's fine. It sits as a, as its cult status. You got to understand too. There was a lot of things that were mashing together at that mm-hmm. time. You're talking about hip hop was really sort of finding its right. voice at that time. Right. And then you had the riots. Uh-huh. You know, it's like we were making that movie in the middle of that the lot, riots. Yeah, it was crazy. So wow. it was like the whole. The temperature of everything, you know, when you talk about making a movie, you never know what's going to happen in the world, mm-hmm. and that could affect your movie for sure. So, for sure. Uh, uh, so yeah, that was that was, you know, um, it was a fun project. It led us because you got to think about also the last time you had actually seen African American characters on the screen. I'm talking about on the big screen. Mm-hmm. How far back do you have to go? You're talking about so from 1992, I can't think of any black characters. A movie with black you know, black antagonists and protagonists on the screen, you got to go way back to what? Yeah. I don't even know. You don't want to say Song of the South. You're trying not to. I don't really know. Yeah. So, yeah. so it was a first of its kind in, in, in many ways. Right. And uh, and it did what it needed to do. Yeah. Because, because, you know, for me it was like it made it okay for everybody to see black characters on the screen, you mm-hmm. know, because there was that sort of like, what do we do? Is his lips too big? Is their eyes too big? Is it so and so? Is this right. and that? Are they speaking wrong? Is all these myths are now getting pushed aside? So stereotypes, yeah, all, all the yeah. stereotypes and all of that stuff, because you had a you had a a range of black characters that are helping to tell the story, not right. just one. Right, right. And that that matters in in trying to 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 set up a project that you feel like at least can kind of kick the doors open a bit. Yeah. And speaking of first of its kind, the Proud Family, <laughs> um, which man, I love the Proud Family. But um, <laughs> that's just incredible, just seeing a a black family on screen, animated black family on screen. Uh, I think. Pretty much all we had before that was Susie Carmichael on Rugrats, and we right. saw her family like every now and then, right, yeah. <laughs> maybe like once a season. Um, but tell us a little bit about how that formulated, and then getting the certain stars like Tommy Davis and Kyla Pratt and all that, like getting them on board. How was that? Well, one of the things I learned from Baby's Kids mm-hmm. was that you make something, if people hear that you're making something that kind of like is running down a certain lane. People will come mm. and support that. When we were making Baby's Kids, Reggie and I were amazed at the phone calls we were getting from people in our casting sessions saying they want to come and do this. Right. 
And it was like, wow, someone just said they want to come and do this. Like, can you believe that? Mm-hmm. This is crazy, right? But we knew that there was something. There was something in that that people felt like, hey, we, we jumping in this medium. We want to be a part of this medium too type mm-hmm. of thing, right? It's the same thing we, we experienced on Hair Love. Hair Love, when it went as a Kickstarter, people were like, you guys doing this as a Kickstarter? Yeah. Who were the executive producers on that? Game. Like everybody who was Jordan Peele, yeah. Gabrielle yeah. Union, Dwayne Wade. People want content that they feel speaks to them yeah. Yeah. and can speak to their kids. Yeah. We just don't, no one's really kind of allowed us to participate in this meeting. Right. That's what we learned from Bebe's kids. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, you take that into, say, the Proud family. So the first time I started crafting the idea of the Proud family was because of, I had kids, Rugrats was on. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, yeah, like you saying, you nailed it. You see Susie Grandma every once in a while. Right. Right. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well then, why? Sh-? And then at the time also, we had like, you know, the, the animated sitcom, mm-hmm. The Simpsons were on. The Simpsons, yeah. You yeah. know, Family Guy. Yeah. Uh, American Dad, after the short version was. And then it was like The Critic and uh, a couple other animated sitcoms, things that kind of came and go. But, but, let, but yet and still, there was the animated <laughs> sitcom that was there. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's popular, right. right? So and no one was still sort of you know adding any characters of color to the mix. So I was like, okay, well then how come I can't do that? So uh, so right at the end of a this movie I did called Space Jam, I started creating just the seeds of who the who what it could be. Mm-hmm. So you know Oscar and Trudy and BB and Cece was kind of like the, <laughs> the beginnings, the first drawing I ever did. On the Proud family, I think it was BB, mm-hmm. like with his big afro, and he had a doll. He used to do this as a kid, take the heads off of dolls and stuff. You yeah. know, dolls just disintegrate. He's holding his doll. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, <laughs> excuse me. So, mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, let's start here, because I think that you know at least I could take something like this to to you know a competing network of Nickelodeon and say, hey, you don't want a, your version of Rugrats? I got these characters here. So uh, so then I just started forming all these characters and writing little bits of who I think these characters are, forming it, thinking about the world. Yeah, it's going to be sort of L.A.-ish, mm-hmm. Los Angeles Boulevard So I started crazy. forming all this stuff. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, like took all my toys, you know. Um, and the first place I landed actually was a, um, an early version of Disney television animation. Like, So back in the day... You know, they were doing stuff, but it wasn't the Disney TV regime. That's, right. That's, that's now. That's now. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and this was what I was, I was going to be met with along the way, was like, oh, yeah, these are cute. I get this. I like these characters. I like this funny mother and, uh, uh, mother and father, funny characters. But we don't do that type of stuff here. Mm. You might go to, like, maybe BET, BET yeah. <laughs> or, uh, you know, uh, UPN, I think, maybe. You could probably do something like this. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Like, really? Like, okay. And I kind of laughed, because that was kind of like I expected that, you yeah. know, because they just didn't have the the understanding of maybe is something that you guys probably need, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, so literally, and then just took it to, to Nickelodeon, and Nickelodeon was like, oh, this is fantastic. We'll do this. And so... What happened from there was we did the pilot with Nickelodeon and the Disney Channel, which was very different from Disney TV. Oh, yeah. The Disney Channel, when we did the hot, the, the pilot, you know, here's the thing. Again, it's like Nickelodeon's testing the pilot all over the place. Now, if you know L.A., they're testing the pilot places like Chatsworth, mm. you know, uh, Canoga Park, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like Calabasas, oh, God. you know, and, and, and people are like watching it not knowing exactly how these black dynamics are working yeah 
you know, and uh, and so so they were wondering what they should do with it. It's well produced. It's fun. These are fun characters. We've never seen this before. But like, people aren't resonate into mm-hmm. it the way we expect them to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, because you guys should test this in Compton. Yeah. Test it in South Central. Go right. test it in some place in Chicago. Like, you guys are testing the wrong areas. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like at that time, we rely heavily on the Nielsen ratings. I explained earlier, it's like, mm-hmm. and I don't know no black Nielsen family. <laughs> right. I don't, <laughs> Niel- I don't know no Nielsen Jackson. Nielsen Jackson. Right, yeah. <laughs> Nielsen Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Take it to Nielsen Jackson. He'll like it. <laughs> His whole family pressed that button. So... <laughs> So it was like, um, what, do you, I, what do you do with this? The whole time I didn't know that the Disney Channel was kind of like, they were following all of these. Mm, they okay. were, yeah. They just didn't want to be the first. They were shadowing. They were shadowing. And so yeah. they look and they look and they look. And so I get a call one day from a Disney Channel exec telling me, um, hey, listen, what is Nickelodeon doing with that Proud family? We've seen it. We think it's pretty cool. And so uh, I said, I don't know. We have an option coming up. You know, um, he says, well, will that option come? Why don't you just bring it over here to us? Mm-hmm. And so we literally walked it across the street mm-hmm. to Disney once we got out of our option with Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. with the Disney Channel. And, and you know, mm-hmm. and then, yeah. then the sweet spot was, okay, Disney Channel was like, all right, listen, um, we like the idea of the show. How do you want to do it? I want to do it like a sitcom. I want to do it like, like a regular right, animated right, sitcom. sitcom. Like, okay, well, who do you want in mind and run the show? And I was like, ah, there's this guy, Ralph Farquhar. Uh, I don't know him personally, but... You know, I mean, I love his work. You know, I love his Mo- Moesha. Da, da, and I was like, they're like, well, you can get Ralph. And you can do the series. Mm. And it, that's kind of how I went to Ralph. And I was like, hey, Ralph. Yeah, man. So I got this thing here. Ralph, what did Ralph say? Ralph said, hey, man, you just brought me off the golf course. So this better be good. <laughs> hey, the best deals are made on the golf course. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, so I'm like, okay, so let me tell you what it is. And I just kind of showed him pilot, broke down the character to him. He's like, oh, I get this. I'm going to do this. Awesome. So uh, Ralph came on board, man, and it was that was what really set the template for everything right. from there. Yeah. Right, yeah. So I hear Ralph's that great. I hear that uh, it might be a uh, potential reboot of the Proud Family in the Ooh. future. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was drinking. What did you just say? They're rebooting the Proud Family. I, I have know. not heard that at all. Yeah, I don't know. It's just Holy a little, little smoke. A little birdie toad. That's wild stinking. news, man. <laughs> Wow, you know, it would be fantastic it if they be. did do that. It would be. It would be fantastic if they did do that and the whole cast came back. And the whole cast, that would be amazing. Yo, that would be wild, wouldn't it? I'd be just living oh my, my gosh. life. Oh my god. My best life. Dude, <laughs> I would be I'd be in front of TV every day watching that. <laughs> Cuz I mean there's nothing on right now. Like ever since That's it the left, thing. there's nothing on like You what know what's so funny it? about that? You you I'm you know? glad you said that because when Ralph and I, Ralph and I always have discussions about this, and we're like, you know what's so funny about it? When we did the show, and now with social media and everything, you sort of really get people kind of revisiting their childhood mm-hmm. and everything. Yep. And you just get, you know, as soon as people hear about the Proud Family, it's like Twitter, black Twitter lights up like crazy. Yeah. You just get this crazy, you know, these flames, these sparks coming out. And Ralph and I say, it's just amazing that nobody came behind us, you know, and actually sort of like it was the lead for, yeah. for anybody else from a creative standpoint, to come up and step up and kind of do this. And then, uh, you know, you had the Boondocks. It's a different show, which is great. Different, yeah. Um, uh, but, like, there's nothing else that's sitting there that would actually sort of feed this this audience. Mm-mm. So, yeah, we both feel like it would be the, the perfect show for today. The way Definitely. we could do it today. Oh, yeah. The type of stories we could tell. Oh, yeah. I mean, people alone, you know, if we were to do it again, mm-hmm. people don't even want us to change the theme song. <laughs> no, definitely don't. Right? Don't change the theme song. <laughs> what do you do about my, that? My only thing was like, would they be uh, older? Would the characters be older? Right, you know? yeah. You know I mean? See, I know. I'm I thinking know. about that too. I'm like, wow, if I were to do that today, would, 
would 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 we age it yeah, older? Yeah, would Penny be a little? Would be a little older? <laughs> oh, these are really great Going questions. Going to college or something? Yeah, we'll have these to. These are tuned. really great questions, man. We'll have, yes, we'll I, I think you've around. got a lot of people out there talking now. Oh yeah, let us know your thoughts, those who are watching, and uh, what you like to see in case it does get rebooted. Who knows? Yeah, spit take. Well, I, almost <laughs> had to, I almost had to spit out. Wow. Uh, so I want to before we get into our special segment, I just want to touch on here, love, one more time. Uh, working with Isa and like, did you have her in mind when it came to the voice, or who was when we were first talking about the idea of like, there's only one character that's going to be speaking, mm-hmm. which is the mom. And uh, Matthew, I think, always felt like we had a, a, a list. It was a small list. But Matthew had a relationship with Issa, and I thought Issa was a great choice because, again, it's a voice that you never really heard in this medium before. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the great thing about black talent. They're not being in this medium. Yeah. Every voice seems fresh. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's like, I've never heard that voice before. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, that character suddenly becomes that much more real. Right. So, um, uh, and, you know, all the other studios, they don't necessarily... What other studios do when they're creating their films and such... And they're they're trying to inject black talent, so to speak. They always go to the well of the most popular black talent. Of course. So what happens is that character is in almost every show, mm-hmm. right, or every movie. And so the character that you created visually for the screen, the character that you have voicing in is outshining the character that actually is on the screen. Right. So you're already thinking about who this character is because the voice is too dynamic. Mm. The key to even when we were casting a Proud Family was exactly that. It was like we had people come to us once they knew that they were, you know, that that we were doing this type of show. Mm-hmm. And I was really weeding through trying to find the right voices. Tommy was great cuz Tommy is such a funny, hilarious comedian. So funny. <laughs> that he could paint he could paint this Oscar character exactly. This Oscar character is just the biggest buffoon, oh, of course. you know, ever. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's got heart to him. Uh-huh. So Tommy knew exactly who his character was and he can jump into the skin of this and make and it's not Tommy, mm-hmm. it's Oscar Proud. Right, you see what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, and Kyla is, you know, now Kyla is so she's so seasoned. Yeah, she jumps right into Penny Proud. Yeah. We were doing the show the first time around. Um, she was great, just an innocent fourteen-year-old, and that's the voice that we wanted. Right, and it was a voice you hadn't heard, but you feel that voice. Yeah, she feels there's a there's a there's a tinge of ghetto in there. You <laughs> know course. what I mean? <laughs> um, but it's a real sincere black girl. Right, like these are things that I was going for the whole time. Sugar Mama, Joe Marie Payton. Sugar, yeah, you know, it was yeah. like <laughs> so funny. Yeah, she she knew the character as soon as she jumped in. Uh-huh. I know this character, and then I just needed some really solid. Uh, um, uh, sincere, sweet performance, and Paula J. Parker was was fantastic right. for that, for sure. Um, and you hadn't. Who else is going to find Paula J. and put her in an animated movie? Mm, yeah, like you right. see what I mean. So, right. so we had to make sure that we just we cast from a very sincere uh, perspective, gotcha. and it just made the characters really sort of resonate and and feel good. Right. You know, you had to feel these characters, yeah. and then when we got Cedric the Entertainer for Bobby Proud. Like, nobody knew that that was Cedric. Oh. You know what I mean? I didn't at first. See what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so it's like, and Cedric is like, you know, comedians make great voices oh, yeah. because they can give you the crazy, sincere performance and still be funny. Of course. As hell at the same time. And what's so funny is that Disney, I don't think, when we were doing the show, they were like, you know, we love the, the family. Minimize Bobby. Mm. You know, because no one really understood Bobby. Big Afro... Earth, Wind, and Fire outfit from the <laughs> 70s. You know, they didn't understand how to put these to speaking like, you know. Right. Lionel Richie meets Sugarfoot from High Players meets Michael Cooper from Confunction. They uh-huh. didn't understand that vibe. I can explain that to a white executive. He's Michael Cooper 
from consumption. <laughs> like what? He's Lionel <laughs> Richie, but not Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie from the Commodore. Lionel Richie. Like, like it's a different Lionel Richie. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's Maurice White, Earth, Wind, and Fire. You don't understand. No. You don't understand. I'm not still not getting you. Like, like that's what. That's, that's what I'm that doing. That would have been a pointless conversation. Yeah, no, like, really? No, I'm not following this. Okay, you just got to listen. Right. So once, um, once Cedric like laced up those headphones, man, and jumped into the character. He was amazing, right. and he was our character that actually Disney wanted to push aside, but he got the NAACP award right. for that character. Yeah, brilliant. So <laughs> it's like, you know, those guys are brilliant. It's yeah. like, I'm stupid. Like, <laughs> I was going for the stupid stuff. And these guys really sort of laid the performances in that really made it work really well. And I think across the board, you know, when Ralph and I were talking about casting, it's like we did a great episode in the first version where we had a family reunion mm -hmm. and we brought like you know Oscar side and Trudy side and they had to get together you know for um, uh, her uh, Penny's cousin's birthday right and uh, we had everybody in the episode like <clears throat> Anthony Anderson you know Cicely Tyson Monique wow um, Solange even played uh -huh. Penny's cousin like it was voices across the board that you hadn't heard in an animated, animated yeah. you know film before or TV show right. and these guys loved it they were like and just getting that sort of amalgamation that collection of voices together mm -hmm. with Cedric and Tommy and it was like it was just like a crazy crazy day right. getting all that together but That's it worked incredible. perfectly yeah you know and I and I want to congratulate you again for uh, Hair Love I mean the story is amazing uh, like I said it goes deep down into like what uh, we need to see especially as a black community I mean you've been in the game for a while and just to see where animation came from and mm -hmm. where it's going you can see like muscles moving hair blowing it's, it's just totally different it's crazy the uh, digitalization of it everything yeah man um, so I want to go into real quick the special segment. So uh, this is fast questions, okay? Yes. So I'm going to ask you five questions. You give me the first answer that comes to mind, uh -oh. okay? <laughs> All right. So what's your favorite word? Ooh man. Yes. Ah, okay. The least favorite word. It's got to be no. Mm. What profession other than your own would you participate in? Ooh, I would be um, a cameraman for NFL films. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That looks fun. Okay. I grew up loving those films growing up. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, your favorite animation that you did not participate in? Ooh. Man. Klaus. Mm, Klaus. Yeah, Sergio Pablos, man. They did that movie. It's, it's a mix of hand-drawn and 3D, and it's a proper places uh -huh. it's not overblown right, 3d right. and the camera feels you know real and um yeah that's that's yeah okay. sergio knocked that out and last but not least heaven exists when you get up to god what would you like him to say to you you're such an idiot <laughs> but come on in <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> quick uh, little, this is like the spotlight that I like to do with my guests at the end of the um, the episode. You go ahead and address uh, the audience there and just leave them with a little something, motivation or inspiration that you like to talk to them. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, you look at a brother who came from the dirt to, to kind of get to, to where I am today. Um, like I said, and I think it's really about you know, being um, uh, 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 being steadfast, like in what you believe in, and what you believe is right, and what you believe that you can actually give to whatever 
medium you're participating in, no matter what that job is, no matter who that person is, um, uh, you really have to believe in yourself. I mean, I uh, a lot of the where I am right now is is an uh, it's a collection of people who believe in me, along with me believing in myself. So you've got to be able to uh, to to understand who's in your circle and and make sure that as much as they influence you you have to be that influencer also is you'll you as much as you give that's what you'll get back so um uh, always think of yourself as that positive person who actually can believe in himself and can get around a lot of people who actually can uh help you achieve what you need to achieve you can't do it by yourself that's for sure i don't profess to do any of this by myself so it's important to know that it's a village that allows you to be the village idiot. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and thank you so much. It's a pleasure Thanks having so you much. on the Thanks show. I relived everything childhood and just to get another perspective yes. of animation was amazing. Go ahead and tell everyone where to find you on social yes, media. Yes, please. Yeah, you can find me at Bruce Almighty. That's with three E's on the back mm-hmm. at uh, on Twitter and on Instagram also. I'm not so active on Instagram yet. I'm waiting for certain things to happen in my in my world that's going to yeah. happen really soon yes. so you'll know exactly why you'd want to follow me on Instagram so jump right in follow me now and then you'll you'll get paid off shortly trust me yes yes go ahead you got a lot coming up can't wait yeah, to man. hear about it and see love it. to tell you all about it and you can find me everywhere at I am Danny Royce thank you for tuning in we'll see you next week same place same time inside the Black Actors Studio stay blessed <laughs> <laughs> devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined.